there's always been an advantage of the urban setting, having the availability of specialists and expertise, but now it's available via telemedicine to rural hospitals. There's no reason a rural hospital can't get a consultation in dermatology or cardiology or neurology or whatever. So it really is evening the playing field such that there is more that can be done in a rural setting than in the past. And it becomes more on par in terms of consultation, richness and availability than ever before. Welcome to This Is Rural Health, a podcast from the California State Rural Health Association. The CSRHA is focused on ensuring that the needs and voices of rural Californians are expressed and heard, and is continually working toward improving the quality and length of life of rural Californians. This podcast, like the CSRHA, brings together leaders in rural healthcare with policy advisors, community leaders, and other forward thinkers to gain a better understanding of what is happening across today's rural health ecosystem. Each week, You'll hear the unique perspectives of industry and community leaders and how they're finding innovative solutions to the challenges of a rapidly changing and increasingly complex healthcare industry. Now we'll hear from today's keynote speaker. Dr. Good is medical director and founder of Offsite Care. He's an intensivist who is board certified in pulmonary, critical care, and internal medicine. His extensive professional credentials include his 35-year tenure as ICU director and director of critical care at Sutter Medical Center of Santa Rosa. His position as clinical professor of medicine at the University of California, San Francisco, and his position as an esteemed faculty member of the Family Medicine Residency Program at Sutter Santa Rosa. We are pleased to hear this message from Dr. Good. It's my pleasure to give this presentation to the California State Rural Health Association. This is going to be an autobiographical look at telemedicine in the rural world because I've lived it. This is sort of what I've seen and experienced. And the first is really what have I experienced? And I'm going to give you three segments of what I've experienced. First of all, that continuous monitoring in telemedicine, which had been a very big thing Back in 2003, when I started the ICU with Tom Shaughnessy in San Francisco, has gone downwards. Continuous monitoring, having a monitor over the bed that's continuously going, and the patient's continuously being watched, and we make interventions, is still done in the larger ICUs, so-called EICUs, Phillips-type equipment, but it's quite expensive. It requires a lot of uh, manpower, uh, woman power to run it, and it seems to be becoming less popular, definitely. The model that has really gone into the ascension is that of the consultation model. And I'll give you some concrete numbers on that. Back when I founded a company about 2007, we had, from rural hospitals, we only had one, one consult a week. That was from the Willis Hospital up in, um, uh, it's the Howard Memorial Hospital in Willis, California. Then about seven years later, 2013, we had about three consultations a week. Difficulty unpaid for. But now, in 2020, we have over one a day, over seven consultations a week. And that's a, a progression in terms of, number one, familiarity with telemedicine. Number two, it's being paid for now. It was very difficult to be paid for back then. So the consultation model has risen and is really the popular model at, at present. Um, and the second 
comment is regarding the innovations which have come about in terms of uh, telemedicine. This has to do with the coronavirus. A crisis gives opportunity for growth. And that's exactly what's happened in terms of the California State Rural Health Association and telemedicine. The coronavirus, the severe adult respiratory virus, COVID-2, um, producing uh, COVID-19, has opened the door for telemedicine like nothing else. Uh, it has done the following. First of all, um, it's produced the consultative model where we will come in and in a rural ICU, see a patient with COVID, do a consultation on that patient and be available. And that's funded. When you put down that this is funded by seeing a patient with COVID-19, it's paid. Um, the, the second model we've done is that we've actually admitted patients directly from the, from the emergency room to the intensive care unit, taking care of them exclusively by telemedicine so that the hospitalists or intensivists there don't have the experience of seeing that patient and then seeing other patients whereby it might spread within the hospital. This is particularly important in terms of vibra units that have to do with long-term acute care that we're involved in. So we've actually given complete care of patients who have COVID-19 illnesses from admission via the emergency room until discharge from the ICU in terms of their being uh, infection-free, having two nasal swabs which are negative, and that's something entirely new. The, the other innovation that we've had is that this has gone global in terms of the use of telemedicine. Um, we actually have not only within California, but globally, a hotline in terms of COVID-19 expertise. And this hotline uh, has a call center. It mainly started off being used in California. Now we use it in Nepal. We'll be using it in, in other uh, international situations as well. It's opened up the COVID uh, expertise of California, because we see a lot of it, to the world in terms of uh, Asia, Africa, um, South America. And this has been a new innovation, if you will. So in terms of a personal autobiography, I've seen the role of consultation become uh, popular from my own experience. It's being paid for at present. Uh, and it's changed the face of medicine in terms of having expertise available in terms of not only consultation, but follow-up and, and, and patients. The, other very important thing I'll mention regarding telemedicine is education. That it's lended itself very nicely to demonstrating patients who have problems in terms of intensive care unit care, particularly COVID, and teaching from them in terms of a larger format of Grand Rounds. I'm involved in a Grand Rounds with offsite care and global offsite care, where each week for a matter of months now, we've been presenting a patient with COVID-19 disease in different, uh, if you will, specialty areas. Last week, we talked about uh, critical illness polyneuropathy. Prior to that, we talked about critical illness uh, delirium, critical illness shock, critical illness arrhythmias, critical illness pulmonarbolism, whatever. But the uh, telemedicine 
medium has proved to be very effective in terms of education. And that's been uh, a, a nice match. Now, when I say effective, we demonstrate patients using telemedicine at the bedside with a nurse going over the physical examination, using a stethoscope, at times using ultrasound. But telemedicine has made a revolutionary change in terms of education, be able to demonstrate patients after you have presented the topic in terms of uh, going with them. Um, I think the future of rural health has changed given telemedicine in terms of the consultation model, in terms of consultations uh, uh, with grand rounds and the, the teaching model. Um, and I think in terms of training, we're actually training physicians in terms of telemedicine. I'm working with the Western University of Health Sciences of Osteopathic Medicine, and they're joining us on Wednesday teaching rounds in which we present a topic. They present a brief uh, slide presentation uh, in terms of the topic, and then we see a patient. So this is really extending to the younger doctors who are learning this as part of their practice of medicine. What had been really infrequently used and not the norm is now becoming frequently used and the norm. And this is not only older gray-haired physicians such as myself, it's the young medical students who are incorporating this in terms of their view of how to practice medicine. They can get consultation when they want. They can see patients at home with telemedicine. They can have patients see them in a clinic setting uh, in terms of scheduled appointments. This is all a real revolution in terms of how medicine is practiced. And I think it is most important in the rural setting. There's always been an advantage of the uh, urban setting, having the availability of specialists and expertise, but now it's available via telemedicine to rural hospitals. There's no reason a rural hospital can't get a consultation in dermatology or cardiology or neurology or whatever. So it really is evening the playing field such that there is more that can be done in a rural setting than in the past, and it becomes more on par in terms of consultation, richness, and availability than ever before. Thank you for joining us today. That was an excerpt from this year's Rural Health Conference. Our annual conference brings together leaders in rural health care with policy advisors, community leaders, and other forward thinkers to gain a better understanding of what's happening across today's rural health care ecosystem. The full conference, including video, is available on demand on our website in our new member center. If you're not yet a CSRHA member, please consider joining today. Your contribution and support is greatly appreciated. You can join by going to our website, csrha.org. And finally, if you enjoyed this episode and would like to hear more, be sure to subscribe and leave us a five-star rating and review. It helps us get the word out about the show and lets us pursue other projects like this in the future. Thank you again for joining us today.